Hey sister, welcome to season four of the Your Sorority Journey podcast. I'm Cassie, a sorority advocate and community enthusiast. After spending the last eight years traveling the country to experience sorority with sisters like you on your campuses and at your conferences, I started this podcast and her sorority journey to help you navigate the various seasons that sorority has to offer. From finding your place in sisterhood to running for officer positions, all the way to preparing for your career after graduation, This podcast is your guide on how to get the most out of your sorority and apply it to your goals in college. Thanks for inviting me along on your journey. Hey, Jay, welcome to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so excited to be here, Cassie. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am honored to obviously do this work with you alongside of you and obviously love serving our sorority members in any way I can for sure. Well, it's so fun, um, as you and I were like just talking about before we hit record, how full circle this is for me, having gotten to see you speak literally when I was in the role that now we are like speaking to today, to the gals on the podcast, um, Mm -hmm. recruiting for my chapter, serving on Panhellenic Exec for my chapter. It's just like so exciting to be a peer with you now and get to do this work with you. So Sweet, KJ. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself for our Her Story Journey community who may have not met you yet? Yes, absolutely. So I um, went to undergrad at Washington State University where I loved, absolutely loved my undergraduate college experience. It was incredible to be a member of a sorority. It changed me and shaped me in so many ways. I was talking to somebody the other day about it. It's like, if I did not join a sorority, like what would I have become? And so, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It just helped me. It cultivated me in such an incredible way. And so I, uh, after I graduated, I got the opportunity to work for my headquarters. So I worked for Capadelta and I traveled all over the country, started new chapters, incredible experience. And after that, I got my master's degree and then I started to speak for sororities specifically about recruitment, which is why today is so fun. And so um, I became impassioned about recruitment, obviously as an undergrad, obviously working for my headquarters, but I do firmly believe in my heart of hearts that recruitment is the most important time of sorority. And I think that um, the way you join your sorority determines how you grow in your sorority, right? If you have you had an incredible experience joining and then you'll continue to believe that this is an incredible experience. Mm. And if you have a really challenging time joining and it was really frustrating, then you're going to walk in already kind of with that chip on your shoulder. And so my goal is to make the joining process so much more authentic and beautiful and streamless for so many people who want to access sorority. So that's my goal. And that's why I do this work. And I absolutely love this work because like I said, sorority catapulted me into a version of myself. I'm honored to be. It made me a woman who I, I can pick up a friendship anywhere. I am so motivated and determined. I believe in myself because I see my sisters, not only in Katie, but any sort of accomplish beautiful things every day. And I just know that this experience was so positive for me. And I know it can be so positive for other people. And so I'm impassioned by that. I think that the women in sorority like, I don't know. I kind of look back, like, you don't even know how great this is. It's so wonderful. And I just love watching them grow and their light bulbs go off in their minds. So I'm thrilled to be here. So quick side note though, Cass, I forgot to add this. Um, I took a hiatus from speaking for a couple of years. Um, and in that time I opened a fitness studio, became a mom. And then I just got back kind of in the speaking world about five months ago, which is the wild. And so 
now I'm um, rebuilding kind of my connections and my content and my relationships, but the passion is still there. So I'm excited to be back. Oh, it's so good to have you back. I know it was funny. Um, like being so inspired by you. And then when I start, when I started in this world, you left, like that's when you took a step back. So it feels so good to be in the same space again. I loved hearing you even talk about how you still pull from that skill set that you got in your collegiate membership experience, right? Like the skills you gain throughout your sorority membership holistically, but like specifically in recruitment, you carry with you into everything, right? Um, Like opening, we both open businesses, right? Like Mm -hmm. stewarding different kinds of relationships. But what's funny about sorority and even since both of us have graduated in our like different timelines is the way to get there and like the lived experience has changed even though the goal is the same. And I think one of like the most noticeable changes is just like the heightened value and focus on social media and the visibility around the sorority experience before you join an organization. Literally, Cassie, when I went to my first like tour of a sorority house, I was a junior in high school and I walked in being like, oh my gosh, they do exist. I thought sororities were unicorns, just like a face (laughs) that you only saw like, you know, on, on Legally Blonde or whatever. And I, I had no idea it was actually real. Yeah. And I'm just so jealous of today's consumer, I guess, you know, today's high school graduate because they know it's real and they know it's an option for them. And like, I didn't even consider it. And so that you're so right. Just the exposure is incredible because it opens us up to so many more people who maybe didn't even realize it was real, you know? Yeah. And I think what's so funny about the visibility is it is like so good in like creating um, a narrative about who we are and even like in largely like helps a lot that we get to be in control of that narrative, right? Of like what organizations, what members put out, we get to like say about ourselves. It's not just like some crazy news scandal that like dictates who we are, but it's also a ton of pressure, right? And like, I think this like funnels into our pre-recruitment experience so much. And I cannot imagine like shout out to all of our like social media chairs listening to this episode like we see you we like see the hustle (laughs) so much work of like coordinating those dances and I think in it's a lot of pressure and so we're going to talk about the cons for sure but like how are some ways that you just see sisterhood demonstrated just through the social media that's happening during our pre-recruitments what I love about the social media like the dances specifically in the pre-recruitment is like number one it's fun. Like it oh, is it's fun so to have fun. that opportunity to have that like couple minutes. And I mean, you and I, we post a great post and we love the interactions. We love like sharing it. We love commenting. We love receiving the comments back. Like, so how much fun and how much love we pour into that. That is just such a part of sorority. And I think I took that for granted a lot as an undergrad, I was so business oriented, but I think like they just get to have fun and they get to do all like the silly giggly fun stuff, which you don't get enough of that as an adult. So enjoy it, you know? And yeah. I think about like just the, the teamwork, the hard work it takes to accomplish some of this is, is incredible because I mean, you and I, we didn't have TikTok dances, right? We kind of put yeah, together like no. Greek week, the Greek week dance or the fraternity, like 
philanthropy yeah. thing, but we really didn't have anything like this. And so just that constant outpouring of creativity and hard work is a great way to make people feel just more engaged with the story experience for sure. What do you think? It was funny last summer, one of my favorite videos that I saw, like green screen, there was someone who um, like had one of the sorority dances up and then she was like talking over it and she was like, anyone who's been in a sorority knows that this isn't just like a 12 second dance that they recorded on the fly. There was spreadsheets, there was rehearsals, there was like uh, costuming, right? Like there was like layers and layers that went into like who's in the dance who's in this dance because tomorrow these sisters are going to be in this dance and like so-and-so needs to be in it because it's the outfit that we're wearing for this theme of pre-recruitment. It's like, this is how organized and detail oriented our organizations are run. And even like the sisterhood and like cohesion and communication that goes into like getting those things accomplished. I also love like the part of like each sister, like getting to like play out into her strengths, right. Of like, who's yeah. like doing the backflip beca- from her high school cheerleading career. And like, who's in the back, like waving the sign, who's on the camera work. And I, I think there's like an element of that. That's really cool. But like you and I know that's like not the whole picture, right? Like oh my gosh, yeah. I think seeing those skill sets, like manifest themselves in a TikTok is awesome. But I think, and I know that you feel the same way, like the amount of pressure that our organizations are putting on themselves to uh, produce (laughs) these like these dances and like the amount of content that they feel like they need to have out. If it's like uh, we know we, we like to think that they're competing with themselves, but we know that they're competing with the other chapters on campus to try to like have the volume necessary mm-hmm. and the quality necessary to attract potential new members. I think while the skill set is there and it's demonstrated in such a beautiful way, I worry about the level of prioritization that that has in pre-recruitment. I think, yeah, that's a really smart way to put that. And Cassie, I think it, it is stressful. It's so much pressure. We already put so much pressure on ourselves and as high functioning as sorority women are to have the spreadsheets and have the organization that you were just talking about, just to pull off these productions, that level of productivity is expected. And that comes with just a lot of maybe failing to meet your own expectations or, and, and, and I think I feel for them because they're being so very hard on themselves and they're spreading themselves so thin. I remember being in those positions. And that, that is one huge kind of (laughs) unfortunate part about it is there is this new level to level up to this new tier to, to reach. And so that is a lot of pressure. And in my mind, in, in your mind, like they're doing an amazing job. They're so perfect. They're so awesome. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. And at the same time, like, they don't want to hear it from us. We're just like, you know, we're their constant cheerleaders for sure. I also think another big kind of drawback is I hope that nobody sees those videos and think that that is it. And that's the kind of what I saw the media backlash of like, you know, some people were like, these videos are so cool, but most people were like, oh my gosh, a whole bunch of really attractive, super talented, da, da, da. And it's hard for me because I do want to defend sorority and say, yeah, like some of the most talented, capable, driven people you'll ever meet in the country are members of sorority. And that is just a part of it for sure. And you and I know that they are so much more than just yeah. what they look like. And so yeah. it makes it makes me feel 
my heart goes out because I don't want them to ever feel like they're defined by just what they look like or how well they dance. I want them to know that they're defined by so many wonderful characteristics. And I hope that they never put that kind of pressure on themselves. You know, that's so good. And I think that is why this episode is titled we're more than great dancers, right? Is because even though we have the skill set to rock like three TikToks a day, every day of pre-recruitment, every day of recruitment, I don't know if that is the foundation that we should be setting or like the, while I think like social media definitely plays a role in pre-recruitment, um, I think this episode will be really well served to like give some guidance around what boundaries would look like to allow the right things to actually take precedent in the pre-recruitment experience to lay a really healthy foundation of sisterhood belonging connectedness going into recruitment oh my gosh yes and pre-recruitment I think is literally the most important time of the year yeah um, in sorority not like college your finals week more important right we understand you have a family maybe like the holidays are most important for you and your family but as a member of sorority and just that that funnel yeah pre-recruitment is the most important time of year because you're dreaming and scheming and planning and learning who your next members are going to be. Yeah. And like, it is like the, the vision boarding, the smart goal setting of the yeah. rest of the year. And it's just so important. I also cast, I don't know about you. I love sorority recruitment and I loved sorority recruitment and in undergrad, grad all the way through till today, because it's the only time of year where you don't have anything to worry about. You're just in a room full of your like dear friends. You're learning more people in your sorority. I think that's a big complaint that so many of our members have. It's like, I don't know everybody in my sorority. I only know seven people to be expected. But this week you do get to meet new people. You get to meet like sisters that you have so much in common with that you only knew their name and their major last year. And so I think as sophomores, it's the time that we realize that we matter and we have an impact. So if you're waiting for that moment where you feel like you matter, this might be it if you dig in. And I just, yeah, that's so good. I just love sorority recruitment because it's the only time of year where it's like, all I got to worry about is my sorority. Like I don't have finals right now. I don't have class. I don't, I don't have my phone on me because I'm in whatever. And so I can't be texting that person I've been pretending I'm not in love with all summer, you know, yeah. <laughs> right? like I'm busy. So I love it. Well, why I do you think, I think, and that is like what, I think the reason you love sorority recruitment is like what sorority recruitment should be, right? It's like dedicated mm. time to like cast vision, come together, rebuild like a strong sense of sisterhood. Why do you think so many members of our organizations across the country, it's like their most dreaded time of year? Yeah. Okay. So number one, I think that like, it's really, Really hard to plan a sorority recruitment when you're 19 and 20 years old and that's who's in charge is our vps of recruitment are like 11 seconds older than the people they're leading or you know two years younger i think that we have put so much on the plate of what you do pre-recruitment i think we teach them oh you have to do these tiktok dances you have to learn how to stand properly you have to talk about all these outfits we need to wear and we forget that what we've we get caught up in the logistics of the production and we forget about what makes the production beautiful and that's like the belonging in the sisterhood yeah 
I well, always, um, gar- oh my gosh, you finish and I can finish. No, you go. You were on a okay. roll. I always make the comparison when I'm working with like a VP or whatever. Um, what would be worse, right? So we have these things called bump groups. If you don't know what a bump group is, just close your eyes, close your ears. Yes, we are that terrifying. Um, and like if a bump goes terribly, but your sorority sister who is talking to this potential member is in love with the sorority, has had a great pre-recruitment week, um, is so excited to talk to her, knows how to create an authentic connection with the stranger, but she doesn't bump the whole 30 minute party. Is that worse? Or is it worse that the bump goes perfectly, but every single sister they talk to is not impassioned by the sorority, has had a terrible week, has the negative attitude and doesn't know how to start a conversation. Like what is literally worse? Yeah. We as individuals, we don't know how to fix connection and belonging and relationship. It's not really something that there's a book about. It's a feeling, not an, not an algorithm. Mm. where we know how to fix a bump and we know how to fix the lineup and we know how to fix the way people walk and put their hands. We don't know how to fix the emotional part. And so we focus on our energy and time on what we know we can fix. And that ends up making people hate it. Oh, that's so good. And I think the point that you just made is so reflective of our sorority experience of like the reality of it it's so much easier to fix things that you can quantify that you can create a solution for than actually creating the space to like sit in tension and work through like heart issues and because we can't fix people we can't fix our sisters we can't um we can't make people better conversationalists. We can't make people love our organizations. We can only create space for them to like develop those things themselves and like give them the tools, but we can like teach people how to bump and we can teach people and tell people where to show up for the TikTok. And so I think, um, what I just like want to encourage any like VPs of recruitment, VPs of membership, whoever is planning your pre-recruitment, create space for the relationships and allow the logistics to come second. Not mm-hmm. to say logistics don't play a role, not to say logistics don't matter, no, but yeah. create space for your sisters to be. Because I, I tell my sisters, I tell my like gals that I work with this all the time, your members don't care what the list of events are that calendar semester, right? They don't care what uh, are all like the list of philanthropies you support. They care about the right. experiences that you've had at those philanthropy events and the way your heart's been changed by it. They care about the memories that you made at the events that are on the calendar, not the calendar itself. They can figure that out when they're a new member. Like they need to right. know who you are and like how you've changed because of your membership. And so pre-recruitment should be like a walk down memory lane. It should be like, um, like highlight reel of all the best things of your previous year of membership. Like that's what pre-recruitment should be all about. Well, and none of it was fun. It was fun because you're with people you love. Yeah. And this next year, the uh, incoming potential members, they're not going to have fun because you have an event. They're going to have fun because they're with people they love and care about and who love and care about them. Yeah. And so if we're not leading with the connection, we're, we're leading with the logistic and who cares? Like, I mean, you and I know you could kind of join any sorority on campus and have a great time or a bad time. Yeah. 
as long if you love the people, you're gonna have a great time and it doesn't matter what the calendar says. And so I think that that is, we're teaching in that we're teaching potential new members to join for the calendar instead of joining for the connection. And so, and I think the whole, I don't know, I think the point of pre-recruitment should not be about like, this is how you bump. This is the script that you should read when people ask this question. I think the point of pre-recruitment is giving members confidence for the different situations that they'll walk into. It's like, do they need to know a little bit more information about Sigma Kappa's philanthropy is the Alzheimer's association. So like, do they need to know more information about Sigma Kappa's national philanthropy? Yes, but they should also spend time reflecting on the experiences that they've had with one another at those events or like doing an activity throughout pre-recruitment week that like reconnects them to what it is, the greater thing that they're a part of that can give them confidence to talk about that in recruitment. I think conversation workshops matter a lot too, but so often in conversation workshops, we're not having conversations, right? We're talking about all the things you should talk about. Like what would it look like? In, I know we do like speed dating, but what would it look like to actually just give your members an hour to like go to a coffee shop or like go to your favorite lunch spot around campus just to like have an intentional conversation with a sister they don't talk to all the time? Like, and I don't understand why we have to make so many parameters around conversation workshops. Like we're teaching, like, like how many chapters do you work with that I work with? They're like, okay, well, we have these people pretend like they're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that teaches us as members how to always look for the wrong in people instead of look for the connection in people. And it's like, you're right. And I love the idea of like, just go have an hour long conversation with people and then rank. How awkward was I? Was there times when I felt like I was just tired and exhausted with the conversation? Feedback, Totally. Yeah. Why did I feel tired in that conversation? Oh, cause we were talking about where I bought my shoes, you know, like yeah. instead we're like, Ooh, tell them their shoes are cute. Right. Like, right. Not a great conversation, you know? I don't okay. Know. So let's give some like parameters for yeah, our for listeners sure. about like what, what a good pre-recruitment might look like. So if, if top priority is that your members leave pre-recruitment feeling more connected to one another that they belong and that they are confident members of your organization, confident ambassadors is what you're really training them how to be to like demonstrate what it looks like to be a part of your organization. If that's top priority, then everything that falls underneath that needs to support that. So does logistics play a role in that? For sure, because you're teaching them how to be confident. They got to know where they're going. They got to know that you know what what to do as a leader. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think logistics is part of it. What's like another part of it that like needs to be. I think you have to have intentional time for bonding. Now come with me for a second. Okay. I think that each day of pre-recruitment is like themed based off the day, right? This is our open house practice day. This is our prep practice day. Yeah. I think bonding activities, you do need to emotionally mimic the types of levels of conversation you're expecting them to have right? You can't just go in and be like, okay, well, you're going to talk about pref now, you know, go find a stranger and talk to them about their summer plans or their summer activities they did, or their, like you have to almost, I'm not to do icebreakers, but legit like icebreakers or camp activities Mm -hmm. or something that helps people find the emotional connection level they need to each round of recruitment. 
Like we have to teach them how it feels, not just how to talk. Right. Yeah. And so I think that that's super important. Um, bonding activities are crucial also. And I think we don't know how to do bonding activities, which is crazy because we literally are the only product in the entire globe that serves sisterhood, <laughs> but we don't know how to bond. We don't know how, um, how to cultivate it. Yeah. Yeah. And so bonding is not spending time together. Bonding is learning about yourself with one another. Yeah. And I think well, that we go ahead. I just think that we've, we don't realize that we are just, we put them in a room and we're like bond. Mm. We're like, there's an ice cream truck, but like everybody's just on their phone. I, I love that. I think that's, and don't still do the ice cream truck, right? Your sisters need ice cream. I'm not saying Nick's the ice cream truck. I'm just saying that's not sufficient for a bonding activity. I love that because let's call that, let's call ice cream what it is. It's a promotion activity. It's for pictures. It's for TikTok. It's for promotion. It's not a bonding activity. Yeah. That's so good. And the TikTok truck or the TikTok truck, the ice cream truck, great time to take some TikToks, right? And like, please hear that. Like, we are not here to tell y'all that like you should not be list, like should not be doing TikToks. We love the TikToks. Keep doing them. I just think it's gonna be really valuable for like members, like membership and recruitment officers to set parameters around how much of your time that you are asking your members to be there is actually dedicated to that when we're recognizing that maybe that isn't directly feeding our greater goal of creating belonging and confidence Mm -hmm. within your members so does it play a role yes if it's like the last thing that at the end of the day they come together and get to like Mm -hmm. step into their skill set but only after they've had intentional conversations with one another that they feel more connected. I love what you said about like each day of pre-recruitment being focused on a different round of recruitment. I haven't seen that done before. Like I've seen different days of pre-recruitment, like focus on like, okay, and this is how we're going to walk. This is when we're going to talk about this. But I, I wonder what would happen if each day of pre-recruitment, like just had that same like tone, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Because it's really hard to have preference conversations when you're like dressed up like Mama Mia or whatever, like the theme is that day. So it's like, and you can't expect them to all come back from break and be like, have a preference conversation. They have totally forgotten why they love beta, beta, beta. They are a little irritated they're here because now they don't get to like see their best friend from back home anymore. Right. They, yeah. And so, we, we can't just expect them to come back and be like, okay, guys, welcome back. Here's your pre-recruitment packet. Now, ref story, go. So Right. Yeah, and I think like the way you phrase that is so good. It's like, okay, day one, if day one is open house round themed, like that's a great time to catch up, do some like speed dating, like quick catch ups with the other sisters. So you know, like, okay, what'd you do this summer? Like, tell me about that trip you took. Tell me about that internship. So I just get like a brief update on your life so that the next day when we dive into like philanthropy or sisterhood, it's like, we have a basis to go off of. And can we make the themes, not just mama Mia? Like what if like first round you did, what did I do all summer? Second round, when we're talking about philanthropy, you dress up like your high school self, right? Like how can we make the themes yeah. more than just cute? Like, I love the cute themes. I think they're insane. Wow. Like the chapters I work with, I'm always amazed about how much time and dedication they put into it, but how do we make it a way to express yourself? Not just a way to look good for TikTok, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think 
because that that is like the blend that I think we want to help yes. you all get to is yes. like how do you utilize this this um visibility tool yes. to yes. actually demonstrate the more realistic experience do the dances but do the dances as you are you know I don't know I got yeah. and that's the thing is like there's a way to infuse your authentic self in this instead of get caught up and trying to prove that you're good enough. And I think mm. that, that is what we struggle with in sorority and every element. Like I remember joining my sorority and being like, wow, I'm not as beautiful as these people. I'm not as smart as these people. I didn't go to as good of a high school as these people. Mm. And I always felt like I, maybe I wasn't good enough, even though I had a really positive experience. It's just a natural reaction to being around yeah. these wonderful, talented people. And so how do we infuse that belonging even instead of the comparison? Like, yeah, because that's at the root of some of those TikTok dances. I can see and I can feel the like we I I can hear the conversations in the hallway. Did you see what so-and-so just did? We gotta do one too. Like I can hear yeah. them, you know, like did you hear what blah 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 did? We gotta get an ice cream truck, you know, and so yeah, and I think that's another really good piece. Like I want to just like keep going back to like vice presidents of recruitment, vice presidents of membership, run everything that's on your, on your pre-recruitment calendar through the lens of, does this promote belonging for my members? And does this promote confidence for my members? Not to say that confidence doesn't include logistics, include the freaking logistics. They need to know what time to show up. They need to know what outfit they're wearing each day, but like, maybe you don't need to like do dress checks on them. Maybe like you don't need to like include all these levels of like checking to make sure they have done something the exact way that you want to. There can be a level of like trust in there, right? So does this promote belonging? Does this promote confidence? And if it doesn't, it needs to be pretty low on the priority list or not there at all. And Cass, like I think about every single time we do a, a recruitment, there's always the time when the older members think that the younger members aren't doing good enough or they're not taking it seriously. And then there's the talk. We all know the talk. We had the talk, like, you know, and so can we have the talk in a way that is creating belonging and like cultivating authentic confidence instead of the tear them down and build them up model, you know? And so the and entire that, and that's just it. Like we talked about earlier, it's easier to solve problems Mm-hmm. that in that we can create like a very structured plan for some of right. the problems that you're going to encounter through your pre-recruitment require space to sit in the tension like right. require space to like work through the bigger heart problems you know yes and I yes. think we when we don't do that that's where we're at a detriment to ourselves and our sisters is when we don't create that space to process through things because sometimes that tension that needs to be addressed is why do we care so much about what another chapter on our campus is doing? Can't we stay true to ourselves? Right. And that is the key to all of it. Like the more you put on your own sorority's outfit every single day, not like literal, but like, this is who we are. This is what it takes to belong. You're an ambassador. Yeah. Become an ambassador. And then you go into recruitment knowing that I have put on a thousand layers of love for this place instead of, mm-hmm. and I'm ready to talk about it in a way that's encouraging and positive and empowering versus if I've been trying to fit on everybody else's outfit, then I go into sort of your equipment, trying to be everybody else. 
And then I don't have a nice time because I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like my story is good enough. I don't feel like I'm saying anything authentic. I'm just lying all day, you know? So. And then you're drained. Like recruitment's exhausting enough when you're like being your authentic self. Can you imagine like how exhausted these gals are? And I mean, I've been there, right? Like that's the reason we hate recruitment is because we can't even be ourselves. And it's exhausting to spend 12 hours a day in a room pretending that we like love something that we actually haven't like worked through some conflict in. Um, Mm -hmm. man, I just, I feel so excited for recruitment this year because in each like leap and stride that we take away from the pandemic, I think we like learn new things each year, right? We like learn how to approach an in-person model again with like some of these like important lessons that we learned from hybrid, right? We were able to like throw off some things that we considered normal pre-pandemic that really weren't normal, really weren't supporting our members or our future members. And so I'm really excited for this year because I think that there is an opportunity for us to really like step into who we are as sorority women and like throw off a lot of the other noise. Right, right. And I think that, it's going to be crazy fun to see what our sisters create this year on TikTok. <laughs> I I'm wait. so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. And, you know, we had like a lot of conversations about like concerns around like Bama Rush and like how like the documentary and how that might impact. But if anything, I think that we just it really revealed how important it is for us to tell the why behind the things that we do, ask ourselves the why. We know that Generation Z, Generation Alpha, like they need to know why we do the things that we do. And so for our advisors, our sorority volunteers and our collegiate officers, you all need to know the why and you need to communicate the why so that your members aren't just like passive participants in this thing, but they are like active ambassadors in this greater cause that they have full awareness of how they are a productive contributor to. Right. Which like, I guess gets us back to like full circle for me, like the why behind sororities. I always make the comparison. It doesn't matter like what sort of you join, you're going to be cultivated into a, a, a different element of yourself. It's just without sorority, I would have floundered. Like I yeah. would not I would not have become the person I am. And so I believe in my soul of soul and that maybe not everybody believes this, that the more people we can get into the sorority experience, the more we can teach them what they're capable of, the more we can teach them um, how to have fun, how to develop relationships with other people that might intimidate them. I think that as women, that's so important. We're so intimidated by women. We don't want to talk to them. She must be a jerk because she's pretty. And we teach them that like there's something wonderfully sparkling in them and that's why they're there. And so the more people we get in, the better they'll be. So, yeah. And continue to like change the like women for women culture in society after college. Right. Yep. Yes. I mean, maybe that is one of the strongest attributes that I gained from it. It's like yeah. women for women, the, all these women cheering me on instead of hoping I trip was just crazy encouraging. And I know I feel that way about you, Cass, and I know you feel that way about me. And so women for women culture, for sure. Ah, well, yeah, I, I just love you and her story journey loves you. We like love being in this space with you. Do you want to let people know where they can like find you or get connected, especially Mm -hmm. for some of the work that you're continuing to do this fall? 
Yes. Okay. This is like, um, maybe, um, a little too early, but there is going to be some big reveals coming up in July. So get excited for that cast. I know you'll be number one cheerleader on that. So big changes coming in July. Um, but you can always find me. Instagram is probably one of the best ways to find me. Um, it's just KJ McNamara, really easy. And then, uh, if you're, I am speaking, um, I'm doing a couple story headquarters this summer and then a couple campuses in the fall. Um, so definitely be on, I'll be on TikTok and Instagram talking about those, but mostly, uh, you can always email me. You can always DM me if you're interested in learning more about what it looks like for me to come, you know, work with your campus, coach your chapter, anything like that. But yeah, that's it, Carl. That's all. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here, KJ. We love you. Love you so much. And I'm so excited to see uh, the amazing changes you make this recruitment too. So let's do it. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Yeah. However you listen, whether on your walk to class or drive to work, during your workout, or just while you're getting ready in the morning, thank you for tuning in to the Your Story Journey podcast today. If you resonated with this episode in any way, it would mean the world if you would tell a friend about it. Either share this episode to your Instagram story, throw the link to listen in your chapter or executive council group chat, or write a review on Apple Podcasts so more sisters can find guidance on their sorority journey just like you did. As always, sister, we are here for you and can't wait to chat again next week.